think we're going live right now. Welcome to the latest episode of Johnny and the Greg. Uh, how you doing out there, Greg? I'm doing good, John. I'm doing good. real good. Who's our guest? We got somebody like right below us. Who is we this? do? We got a pretty lady this week, which we usually don't uh, have that very often. No, we sorry. don't. Sorry, Darren. She's more attractive than you. Yeah. Um, so we have with us Sabrina Bush, who I uh, I met, I go to church with, and she did something that is kind of amazing that like people don't just do. Um, she, I, well, I don't want to take too much of her story away, but she voluntarily, without any kind of like family member in need or anything like that, she donated a kidney. Yeah. Um, yeah, like like just kind of went and said, here, I got so, one. So Sabrina, welcome to the show. I I have these questions that I want to ask. Um, you just it sounds like you just um donated it to a stranger. Correct. Yep. Okay. Um Amazing. you know, you know, I've actually heard this before, and I, when I first thought of having you on, I thought, what am I going to talk to this girl about? And then I started breaking down the actual, what you actually did. So can you walk us through kind of how this, like, like how this happened, how you just decided that, I mean, cause nobody just rolls out of bed one day and says, you know what, I'm just going to drop off this kidney for someone who needs it. So tell us your story. Um, it started with a friend from high school. Her mom needed a kidney and she put up, post on Facebook. And I came across the post and I don't know, nothing in, in me hesitated. I just read it and I'm like, hey, this is something I could do. And I literally clicked the link and signed up to be to see if I could be a match for her. Um, and that's where it started. I've always wanted to do something big enough for somebody to change their life and this seemed like the right opportunity at the right time. Wow. So what? <laughs> it, it's, What's it's, the, I mean, mentally, I mean, you, you said it was your friend's mom needed one. And you said, what were you a match for her? Or was it uh, just so that started? My process was to see if I could be a match for her. Okay. And it, no, it was honestly kind of crazy. Like I was at work, I was scrolling through Facebook. I saw her post saying my mom's in need of a kidney. Here's the link if you are willing to try to be a donor. And I, I didn't hesitate. I just clicked it. I registered myself and I messaged her saying, hey, I'm going to see if I'm a match for your mom. Um, with COVID and everything like that, the testing process was really delayed. And fortunately, she had a lot of people step up so she was able to find another match um it was actually her daughter-in-law was a match for her and they didn't take the daughter-in-law they did oh they did so they did they... so she ended up getting a different match and then they oh, came okay. back to me and they asked if i would want to be a non-directed donor which meant donating to a stranger Wow. Okay. So are, are you married? May I ask? Are you married? I'm not. You're not. Uh, kids, do you, uh, family? I'm, I'm just seeing like, did you have to have a uh, sit down and have a conversation with some? Because I'm sure somebody picked you up from the hospital and you had to sit there and say to them, like, this is what I'm going to do. Um, I'm going to try and help this person out, which like, right, like Greg's right. It's an amazing thing. It's 
not everybody does this. And in, in this time where I feel like we don't have heroes or we have fake heroes and you're a legit hero, like that's legit. Like to give, <laughs> you to gave give, an organ, like you yeah. gave an organ. <laughs> yeah. And you just, like, there was no hesitation to it. And which astounds me because again, did you, did you have to sit down and talk to your parents? Did you have to sit down and talk to your kids, your sister, your brother? I fill me in on how this, discussion that, went how did that conversation go um i honestly don't really remember like i signed up um there was some hesitation when they asked me to be a non-directed donor to me that was a little scarier than donating to, to somebody i knew right. so mm -hmm. i hesitate and i did take a few days to think about that i prayed a lot on that and i just kept trusting my gut feeling and my gut feeling kept telling me to continue the process. Um, I don't think there was ever like a sit down with my family or my kids while I was doing the tested. It was just kind of like, Hey, I'm going to see if I can be a kidney donor. And they backed me up a hundred percent. So were you, I mean, that's great. Were you shocked when they actually like the doctor called you and said, Hey, we have a match. We'd like to get you in here ASAP. Yeah, so the whole process was kind of crazy. So they asked if I'd be a non-directed donor and I had to go through a screening process um, and that made sure I was emo emotionally and mentally stable, that I had a good support system, everything like that. Mm -hmm. I passed that part of it and then I had to go in for a full day of physical testing. And that was like eight hours and they did every exam that you could possibly think of. Um, they kept telling me over and over again that like, this is the best physical you'll ever get in your entire life. <laughs> um, and if there's anything wrong with you, we'll find it now, which is also kind of, <laughs> yeah, um, really. but then, so I passed or I did the testing and then they have to present my results to a board and the board has to approve it, um, from there. And my transplant coordinator, she, throughout this whole process, she was amazing, but she was on vacation at the worst times. So she actually was on vacation when I, my results were being presented to the board. So I had to wait a couple of weeks to get my results. Um, but yeah, then I got the phone call. Actually, she emailed me first and she said I was approved. And I believe that was on Good Friday that I got that email. Oh, wow. Yeah, which that's just kind of like Good Friday. Yeah. Obviously, is a very special time for um, uh, Christians, but it's just kind of funny how sometimes things like that happen on certain days, and it really yeah. makes you think that oh, maybe I am actually supposed to be doing this. I am actually being guided towards this or something like that. Is that something you felt? Yeah, um, there was a few days throughout the whole process. The one was when I got the phone call asking me to be a non-directed donor was the first day of April, I believe. And that is National Organ Donor or Give Life Month or something like that. Okay. And I'm unaware of that, but I was just, I realized that later. And I was like, well, that's kind of ironic. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then I found out I was approved on Good Friday. And then I found out that I had a match when I was actually at a 16-year-old celebration of life. So to me, it was all pretty monumental timing of when I heard the big news. Wow, very cool. And, I, and I, how what was the time span between you being approved and finding out you were a match? 
So there was a little delay bet between finding out I was approved and finding me a match. And that was because I was sharing my journey on Facebook. Okay. And at my approval, I actually had several people personally reach out to me saying that they knew of somebody that was in need of a kidney. And that kind of changed my thought process a little bit because there was still the hesitation that my kidney is going to a stranger. I don't know how they're going to treat it. I might not ever... I might not ever know. Mm -hmm. So there was actually a gentleman and his wife from Milton, which is outside of Fort Atkinson, and I'm from yep. Helen, all within the same probably half hour of each other. Um, they reached out to me and I decided to try to be a match for him. Okay. Um, that delayed the process a little bit because then they had to do the cross testing and then we ended up finding out I was not a match. And that was pretty emotional for me because at that okay. point, I had part in it, I was talking to their family. I knew they had a son. I knew what this would mean to them. Um, the transplant team let me make the phone call. So I had to call them and tell them I wasn't a match. Oh, probably one of the hardest things I've had to yeah. do. Yeah. Um, but there is because of the way the program works. Um, I also got a voucher. So I was able to give him my voucher, which moves him from the deceased donor list to the living donor list, uh, which a living kidney is going to be twice as good as a deceased donor. Um, and then that just gives him more possibility that it'll last longer and he won't need another one in the future. Got it. Do you know who you gave your kidney to? As of right now? No, I know it went to Georgia. Um, so after that process that I tried to be a match for him, there was some other families that I knew locally that reached out to me, but because of the timing that I needed to be on, um, mm -hmm. of recovery, um, I couldn't sit there and delay it anymore. I had to have my surgery by the end of July. Otherwise it would have put me off, um, for my work schedule, um, and the emotional challenge behind that part of it. So I think it was... Um, June 23rd, I went active on the National Kidney Registry. I had a match on June 25th. Um, oh, wow. So that's quick. Yeah. For someone that's just, I can't wrap my head around a lot of this. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I'm being serious in terms of just the idea of, I never even thought of a mental and emotional, um, I'm sorry, what did you say? The emotional what? I don't remember. <laughs> um, you, you say you were being tested for uh, mentally and emotional oh, stability. As, stability. As well. Yeah. Okay. Emotional stability of, of, are they talking about the emotional stability of, of before you're about to go under the knife? Or are we talking about when the kidney's gone? Are we talking both. about both? Both. Yep. Okay. They Would you mind sharing what you, what you felt before you went under the knife and, what you felt after because i i don't like is it like a part where you feel like you you've you've missed you're like you're missing a part of you or do you feel like was it like um ah like was it like oh shit i shouldn't have done this like you know was it if you don't mind sharing that i um no, I mean, like I said, I put a lot of my faith into this. And without that, I'm not sure I would have made it through the process so confidently. Uh -huh. 
But I promised myself from the very beginning, if I had any gut feeling that told me this wasn't the right decision um, or if something didn't feel right, that I would back out. And until the day of the surgery, I could back out, um, no questions asked. Um, so that really helped. That helped a lot. Um, I quit drinking any alcohol. I think it was 15 weeks before my surgery because I wanted to make sure I was thinking with a clear head. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to put the emotions I'm involved with alcohol behind it. Uh, I wanted to make sure that I was taking care of myself. They told me that the healthier I went into my surgery, the quicker my recovery would be. So what'd you do? What's that? What'd you do to prepare for that then? You had 15 weeks, it sounds like, to like kind of create this uh, a, a healthier, better Sabrina before you went into it. Because I, I get it. You're like, you're giving something you want to give like your best part of that. Like, look, I, I busted my ass to make this awesome for 15 mm-hmm. weeks. Like, here you go. Um, so what did you do? Um, it was a lot of, I mean... I'm fortunate and one of the reasons that I qualified for this is because I'm at a pretty healthy place in my life, physically, mentally, and emotionally. Um, It was a lot of alone time, it was a lot of journaling, it was a lot of um, exercising, eating healthy, making good choices. I mean, yeah, it sounds like everything I've always heard. The, The one thing that actually interests me is journaling. Have you gone back and read about that? Have you gone back and read your, your journaling during that time? And Yeah, I have. Um, I actually had an interview with the paper a couple of weeks ago, so I kind of reviewed it then just to make sure I had some of the information straight and the dates and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I shared a lot of it on Facebook. Um, that kind of still pops back up or in conversation and stuff like that. If So the way the donation works is it's a non-directed donor but we are allowed to contact each other. The initial contact has to be through the transplant center. Mm-hmm. Um, and if we both give mutual consent, then we can contact each other on our own. So at my last follow-up on appointment, I did leave a letter for the recipient with the transplant team. I have not heard back from them yet, but if I do, my intentions are to share that journal with them. Okay. Do you know, or do they tell you like how the other person is doing, like in terms of their recovery and you know their overall health? Is that something they let you know? Yep. So after the surgery, they were able to tell me. So it was kind of crazy. So July twenty first was my surgery. They had I of this year, in- July twenty first of this year. Yes. Yep. So I found out on June twenty fifth that I had a match, and then July twenty first was my surgery. So it was like three. So it came. Yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. So you were talking about the patient. Um, Yeah. So I went in for my surgery in Madison at like 530, actually went into surgery about 630. They had a van there waiting that drove my kidney to Chicago. It got on a normal passenger flight airplane in a special compartment and flew to Georgia. (laughs) And my dad's surgery that same night. I'm sorry, what? My recipient had surgery that same night. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Crazy. This is the, usually this is a very uh, jokey, free for all <laughs> podcast, and it, it and I I don't want to. This isn't somber. This is just I, I'm I'm kind of amazed at this, like the genuineness of of you doing this, and 
I'm guessing you're not the only one that's ever done this. Um, a lot. It sounds like a lot of people do it, but that still shouldn't take away any of the what makes this special. And um, so if anybody's uh, listening right now or if anybody has any questions that we're not asking, please let us know. So because uh, I, I know a lot, lot of people pe- do it. I mean, like I'm in awe because because when I heard about it and Sabrina, you had you had told my wife and I like when you made the decision, like, hey, guess what? I'm going to donate a kidney. And we're like, fucking what? (laughs) What are you going to do? And and just it blew our minds. And so that entire process, I, I, I don't. Yes, they have a system to do it, but I have never heard of anybody. Just being like, for the heck of it, I'm going to donate an organ. I mean, yeah. that's and and having it. I mean, yes, I guess if you're going to donate something, a kidney is the way to go because you kind of got a spare. But um, but that that actually brings up another point. Uh, a question I can ask uh, in a second is like longevity wise. Is there going to be any issues there? But but um, yeah, just overall amazement in general of you just kind of going out and doing this is, is the reason I asked you to be on the show. <laughs> yeah. It's almost, and believe it or not, we seem very somber today about it, but uh, it's actually a celebration for you. It's, it's, it's an accomplishment. I'm curious when you woke up from surgery and it was over, did you feel different? Were you yeah. Did like, you, did you feel a void? Like yeah. in your, like, did you feel like something missing? Well, that is one of the reasons I say like you have to be emotionally healthy going into it because it's kind of like you can get postpartum like after you, they say it like after a wedding or after a baby or any big events, like people can kind of get depression after it. Um, So I was a little worried about that. I woke up from the surgery. Um, They asked me the normal questions like, do you know where you are? Do you know what you did? Um, The surgeon showed me a picture of my kidney and I guess I said it looked like a chubby goldfish. (laughs) (laughs) I went and I slept a lot. Um, There wasn't like a void. It was the first day wasn't as bad, but then they took away the good painkillers. So the second and third day were pretty rough. Um, The void was more physical, like if when I stood up or if I would roll over on my side when I was sleeping and I was supposed to try to stay on my back, yeah. you can feel like everything in your stomach shift. Yeah. was really weird. Or the car ride home over the bumps, I could feel everything shift. So, Ooh. but now the organs uh, rearranged themselves and took up the space, so it's not as bad. That, that was going to be my question. Does the body just like naturally adjust to be like, yeah, that's, that's off. We're going to, we're going to fill that in there. And yeah. I mean, it, it's pretty amazing. I mean, even, I mean, yourself having kids, I mean, when you pregnant women, their, their organs get pushed out all over the place and, and the body handles it obviously just fine. Um, uncomfortable sure but it, it can it's resilient enough that it can do that and so I, that's when yeah if you take something out does i guess the body just fills fills in so your center of gravity isn't off or something like that yeah. um so what's what's recovery been like i mean uh like how long did it take you to kind of get back on the horse i mean you know getting back to, to life as as usual getting back to work stuff like that 
Sure. Um, so the way they did the surgery is they were able to take my left kidney, which is preferable for them um, because the arteries are longer, which they take as well. So it was four small incisions in my left side and then a um, C-section like incision across my lower stomach. Um, but recovery wise, the, it, it was painful for like a week or so, but then it was just swollen. Okay. So after that, it wasn't too bad. My energy was low. I was tired, but I think that's going to be normal from any surgery. But probably a couple of weeks into it, I started noticing improvements. And now I think I'm 10 weeks post-surgery. Um, my doctor can't even find my four small incisions on my left side anymore. Oh, great. My C-section-like -C incision is pretty, pretty much gone. I mean, it's always going to be a little more noticeable. Um, Energy-wise, it took me about eight weeks to return to work, which is about mm -hmm. between six and eight. I couldn't drive for two weeks. I couldn't lift more than 10 pounds for eight weeks. That was a tough one. But I notice I get a little more tired quicker, which is hard for me because I'm always on the go. But it's getting better. And I mean, I, I, I don't want to say I feel normal, but I pretty much do. Yeah. You know, when I had my shoulder surgery and i'm not trying to compare this but what i what i noted what i noticed was i craved ice cream for like two weeks straight did you crave anything like comfort food or anything yeah anything like that no i didn't have much of an appetite for a while though so the way they had to get my kidney out was to remove all my other stomach organs like that area first and then oh uh, hang on they no, had he, to like take it out like move it yeah. or or they, they took it out put it on the table and then got in there and got the kidney then put the stuff back in in, in you yeah they well didn't, they didn't they didn't detach no, anything did they they don't detach anything no <laughs> so the majority of the surgery is they inflate my stomach and the majority of the surgery is um moving the other organs out of the way because they go in through the front to get to the kidney in the back so then from my understanding, it was just kind of sitting on my stomach. Oh. And then they had to put it back in after the kidney was removed. Did you, did you, uh, did you, did you see it? Did you like watch the, watch it happen? I don't want to see you. it or anything. No, did they have I video? Was, my friend that, so it ended up being that the girl that ended up donating to my friend's mom, I know her. Um, she has a video of her surgery, so I will watch it at some point. <laughs> uh, a video Ooh. of her surgery or of her surgery? I have it of her surgery. I did not ask for one of mine. I don't know. I, I I, I'm not emotionally stable enough to see myself, <laughs> I don't think, with my own stomach sitting on my chest. I don't think I could do yeah. that. I've never even thought of that as a part of any of this, the emotional the stability. Fact, I never even thought about that. The fact that I just put my that thought in my brain pretty much guarantees I'm going to have a nightmare about that at some point. <laughs> yeah, with Halloween coming up, I'm sure. Oh, it's spooky season. Yeah, I didn't <laughs> yeah. think about that. Yeah. Um. Ah, oh, wow. I just I can't I can't I just I, I didn't even think of the actual procedure of them like just putting it on your chest and uh, getting in there and then putting it back. <laughs> that's just yeah. why that's just wild to me. Did the doctor explain to you this is how it's going to happen? This is what's going to happen and it's not a big deal or? Yeah, to them, I mean, it wasn't a big deal at all. They do well, that's it. Good. 
pretty much every day. Um, this my pre-op appointment that I went into, and they went into a little more detail of my surgery. I got pretty lightheaded and had to lay down because I'm like, just don't tell me about it, just do it. Wow, <laughs> wow, yeah, I'm sure. I I'm shocked you didn't like go on the internet and look around and no, nope. and, no, no. That could actually be a very bad yeah. rabbit hole to go down. And yeah. I yeah, because. And I'm thankful before, so there is like a living kidney, um, living donor, whatever um, group on Facebook. And mm. I'm lucky I didn't come become a part of it before. I am now, um, but people seem to emphasize any negative experience they had over the positive oh, one. Oh, sure. Be- that's yeah, what people of course, want yeah, that's to what, talk about. Yeah, yeah, that's what they want to do. Really the sky is falling all the time. Yes. It would have been scary or it would have made my decision more difficult. So I'm glad I didn't do that before. So is there like a, uh, I'm sure there's a community together where they kind of talk each other like it's going to be okay? Am I, am I? Yeah, that's kind of what the group is supposed to do. But like I said, people are like, oh, I had this bad experience or I had this happen. And I mean, that's social social media for you. (laughs) So Sabrina, how do you look at it? Like, how do you generally look? Because I look at you and I think, wow, hero. If I need a part, I know who I'm going to. You know? <laughs> She's out, John. You can't take anything. Well, I, that's <laughs> just a kidney. There could be other things. There could be there, part of a liver. There could be a toe. Who knows? <laughs> I did find out that I can donate part of my liver still. Yeah. Anything really? else you can <laughs> donate? I don't so. I think that's it then. Okay. Is that so, something down the line that if, I don't know, like, bearing a family. I always understand that. Cause I think I was talking about it with my wife and I said, like, I would give that in a heartbeat to my daughter, even if I knew I wouldn't sure. wake up, yeah. you know? So I understand the, the family connection, but is that something you would consider like giving a liver to somebody or, oh, it would or just, half of your liver? Or? Yeah. It would just be part of the liver and the right. liver back. So right. I would 100% capacity again, or functionality of the liver but they did say that the surgery is more intense and the recovery period's longer. So I would obviously have to find a better time to be able to do that. But if the opportunity came up, I would do it. So really, how did this affect like, like, like your job and, and kind of your overall life? Cause I, I, things, things had to be put kind of on pause for a little bit, but like, was your employer like, sure, no problem. I mean, like what, what, you know, he's like, Hey, I got to take off eight weeks work. Why? Cause I'm voluntarily donating a kidney, you know, some employers that I've worked for in the past would be like, yeah, no, that doesn't, that doesn't work for us. It doesn't work out for us. We're yeah. not going to, we're not going to keep you employed if you do that. Right. Yeah. That was the scariest part for me is being down for the count. Um, I work several jobs and obviously being a single mom and just being active in church and stuff like that. I was really worried about the recovery period. Mm-hmm. One of the questions they ask um, several times in my in-person appointments over the phone was what kind of support system do you have? Um, and they make sure that you're going to have people that are there for you, supporting you, everything like that. So I was going into it thinking I wouldn't have to take the full eight weeks off of work, but that wasn't realistic. So really, so it was that 
I guess it would, man. I mean, they took stuff out and put yeah. it in your chest and they put it back in. <laughs> I, I was coming back, but I was also sitting around all day much. So like the days I did try to go to work, by the time like I got up, showered, got ready, I was tired again. Yeah, yeah like, I, no yeah. bad idea. Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. So it, I was very fortunate. I recently started a new job. I think I started back in May, maybe. I'm not sure. Earlier this spring. And they didn't know about it until, I think almost until I got approved. <laughs> You're and like, oh, by the way. Yeah. And I didn't know if I was going to actually go through with it all. So yeah. I didn't. Anything. I was very fortunate, though. They were 100% supportive. They're like, take off the time you need. We're here for you. You can work from home. Like, let us know what we can do for you. Um, they did a big celebration. They do a big um, cancer fundraiser. And they did a shout out to me right after my surgery, which was extremely nice. That's cool. They've been good. I definitely could have been in a bad situation that, like you said, a lot of employers wouldn't right yeah <laughs> do you feel that people when they find this out about you they they almost treat you different they almost like i don't know they 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 want to they want to hold the door for you or they they look at you like hey that's that girl that gave away the kidney oh, she's over there you know uh do you feel that now do you feel like all eyes are on you in a way uh yeah i mean there's a lot of especially like at work because i work at a hunt club and we have a lot of members so it's kind of like spreading around them or yeah. they're like you like you just said like that's the girl that gave the kidney and um most people are great about it i'm i like talking about it for the fact because the whole point of this was i want people to do nice things i want people to do things for other people even if it's a stranger and i know that I had to do something big to be able to motivate people to do even something small. Mm -hmm. Wow. And this is all you thought about, huh? That's it, huh? Yeah. I <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Like most people would, what? you know, pay for the person behind them on the toll booth or, or pay for their groceries or what can I do to show or, that they're still good in the world? Yeah. Or shovel. Here. Yeah. Or shovel somebody's driveway on a wintry day, but you you swung for the fences, girl, and that's <laughs> that's commendable. Because I I I I have never thought of giving, I've never thought of it. So I can't sit there and say that I've actually like I could never do it. But I've never been in that frame it's, of mind where it's not something that ever even entered my consciousness. Right. Of, yeah. I mean, there, we did have a friend who, uh, had, he, he passed away of cancer, unfortunately, but it was like bone marrow was always like a thing like, Hey, maybe you're a match and let's see. So, I mean, I remember doing that, but, and they never came back and said, Hey dude, you're a match. Can you do this? Um, but you know, that's one of those things where like, yeah, anybody can go in and be put on a registry for like a bone marrow transplant. Yeah. And, but, and yet I think very few people do. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's just weird. I mean, I, I give blood, but I don't think that's anything like, that's not a big deal. <laughs> that's the, I mean, it is a big deal that people get it. Um, but I never feel like, I don't know. I, I like what John's saying. I don't feel like a hero when I go on and be like, okay, here, take it. But you 
I mean, but that's what I'm talking about. Like even where if people start small, like they say if every blood donor donated one more time a year, there wouldn't be a blood shortage. But I'm like, that's like, just get people out there to donate one more time. So it really does change lives regardless. But it's not like I woke up one day and it was like, oh, I want to donate an organ. But it was the mentality that I wanted to do something big and I wanted to save a life or impact a life or help a life. And then the opportunity came. Yeah, it's it's amazing. Have you, do you feel you've changed since this? Have you yeah. grown? Have you, okay, you've changed. In what way have you changed? Besides not having a kidney. <laughs> it's more... I don't know. Like, I, I don't know it in a weird way. It's helped my confidence because this was, I had a ton of support and it was amazing, but it was a very lonely journey because I ultimately was the only one feeling what I was feeling, thinking the thoughts and going through this. And that just helped me step out of my comfort zones. That helped me realize who I was and who I wanted to be. And it's also made me look at my lifestyle. I've always been pretty good, but I mean, I definitely can improve. And that's where I'm just paying more attention to working out and exercising and what I'm eating and everything like that. So what are you doing now? Like you, what is it? It's September now. So, or end, almost end of September. And you got done July 1st, you said? July 21st was my July 21st. So what are you, so is it just a lot of cardio now or is it like, you know, on a treadmill? Is it rowing? Is it, are you, is it just walking right now? Is it jogging? So for, I had restrictions for eight weeks and all I could do was walk. And that was extremely hard because I'm a runner and I like intense workouts. So at eight weeks though, I think I cut it like two days short and I started back in, um, on my like workouts. I've been doing beach body. I run. I pretty much do whatever I can. Have so. you always been a runner? Yeah. Always. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you, I, I, did they say anything to you that because of that lifestyle you've lived before, it's going to be easier for you to bounce back? Whereas if a guy like me did that, it, it'd take longer. Yeah. So they told me, um, like people were worried because obviously after one kidney is removed, I go down to functioning at 50%, but they mm-hmm. did say, gradually increase over the years and get a little better it'll never be a hundred percent but they did tell me that my one kidney is still healthier than most people's two kidneys wow great wow which and like before i was a runner but i wasn't overly health conscious by any means so i i'm not sure where that all came from yeah so greg asked said that he was going to touch on a good question that i was thinking about like did they tell you of like, you know, 10 years down the line, this is what you could start happening to you, or this is like, or were the, what were the pitfalls or the drawbacks of this? Sure. Um, they asked if I was um, considering kids in the future. Um, it doesn't mean I can't have kids, but it would just definitely cause different actions that would be required for it if I wanted to get pregnant again. Um And then they still said it was under 0.1% chance that anything would happen to my one kidney. So to me, that was pretty comforting that I wasn't really worried about it. Um, My energy level will be low for 
probably the next year or so and that comes and goes but again that's just like anything the healthier i'm eating the more i'm working out that's going to help so right yeah it's really i mean there's no long-term effects that i'm worried about anything could happen but that's life i mean i could die anyway it's i'm not worried about it being from my kidney wow but I do, if something were to happen to my one kidney, I do get prioritized on the living donor list um, if I'm ever in need of one. I think you should uh, just like not have to pay taxes ever again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'd actually, yeah, that sounds like a good trade-off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I, you know what? Probably that would open up the can of worms and a lot of people would go there just so they wouldn't have to pay taxes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. There would be no shortage of anything. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, Greg, anything, anything, uh, you always no. come up with really good questions that I haven't thought of. Um, well, I mean, the questions I have are, are more about like functionality. I mean, if <laughs> it, it, it's one of those things, if someone said, Hey, you got to donate a kidney, but you can never drink bourbon again, I'd be like, Oh, really? I mean, that would be the, you know, are, are there any trade-offs? Are there things that you can no longer do? Or is it just like, nope, after things get, after you hit that year and your energy levels back up again and your other kidney is compensating, it's like, have at it? Yeah. I mean, they didn't, they just obviously said to take care of myself, but I mean, I told you before, like I have a glass of wine in front of me and I'm yeah. not going to really do it but i'm not going to limit what i do though either you know yeah i'm <laughs> i'm speechless i i that's very hard to do by the way um just get me speechless uh <laughs> that is true that is very true yeah so kudos to that you are uh, um i just i think it's i think you're special i think you're really special you should be commended um and uh, I hope you get to meet that person one day. And I hope whoever that is, they're not fucking it up. Like they're not, you know, like they're not going, ah, you know what? I'll just get another one. Cause I've heard of situations where like alcoholics have to get a liver transplant and then they go right back. Cause now they got yeah. a new healthy liver. I mean, a new health, yeah. A new healthy liver to filter all that. Yeah. And I don't, how do you abuse a kidney besides punching it? Right. You don't really uh, can't abuse it any other way, like in terms of like, um, like drinking, you know, yeah. I mean, stuff like I that. Mean, still has an impact on it, not taking care of yourself, being overweight, yeah. 80s, you're overusing aspirin, stuff like that. I mean, so there is ways that people can still abuse it, but I, I don't know. I'm hoping for the best. Yeah, of course. I, my intentions going into this yes, I would love to meet them or know their story or how they're doing. Mm-hmm. I, oh, I did ask a question before and I never got to answer it, but um, you did ask if I knew how they were doing. Yeah. And that is things they could tell me. So after my surgery, so before my surgery, all they could tell me is where my kidney was going and that it was an adult in Georgia. Um, that's all they could tell me. After my surgery or after their surgery, they could tell me that it was successful and that they were responding very well to it. And then a couple of weeks later, they did let me know that the recipient was doing fantastic. Oh, so good. Great. Good. Yeah. Good job. Cause yeah, that would probably, 
hurt my heart if I found out like it didn't work out. Yeah, that was scary too. Um, they did say like there's always a chance too because they put it on ice and put the kidney to sleep when they transport it. So they do mm -hmm. say the chance it's not going to wake back up. How do they put it to sleep? What does that mean? They put it on ice and I think they freeze it. I don't know. Wow. But they have to like let it wake back up before it starts functioning properly. This sounds like that's like cool. Dr. Frankenstein's stuff now. <laughs> like that's wait till it wait till it wakes up. That's just weird talking about an organ, but I guess that makes sense, you know. Um then, yeah. sign a release form too saying like, I mean, there's always a chance for car accidents, plane accidents, something happens. Sure. Yeah. I, damn, I didn't even think about that either. Like is it is it like when releasing a fish, you gotta kind of like move them back and forth a little bit before they eventually like just start to go or what? I don't know. Rub it until it's <laughs> yeah, really just gonna come on, buddy. Come on. Oh, you're talking about waking it up. Yeah. Yeah, it's you gotta so wake odd it up. that we're talking about waking up a kid. Come on. Yeah. But I, I yeah, I that's weird to me. They had to put it to sleep and then wake it up. Yeah, and there was I don't remember what it was, but they there was only so many hours in between removing it from me and putting it in the recipient that it would be okay. Yeah. Huh. Well, uh we got a comment here from Marshall. He says you rock, and Marshall's our number one fan, so we know he has good taste. Yes, yes, yeah. Um anybody else saying anything to any like uh, any, seems, any seems a little quiet tonight we had we had some viewers but uh i asked for questions and i think we we're, we're covering them all so <laughs> okay all right all right i um, can imagine everybody else just sitting at home going huh. yeah pretty like much she just yeah. she's donated one yeah I i've heard that in stories it. and movies but i never met anybody that did like it in a yeah. nicholas sparks book but i didn't think anybody actually did it oh yeah what if what if this is like your long lost love all of a sudden <laughs> and you guys meet and do you have like do you have like a certain like um i don't know like a certain taste of like peanut butter and all of a sudden he hated peanut butter and now he loves peanut butter i don't know how I, i'm not sure because i've heard that with like bone marrow and stuff though that some of that stuff can be really weird really i was just totally just free free Wait, uh well, first off do is it a guy do you know who you like i Gender wise, I, who you donated to? They can't tell me if it was a male or female. They just told me it was an adult. How do, my, who do you like to think it is? I'm thinking it's a guy now because I feel like if it was a female, they would have reached out to me already. <laughs> <laughs> you mean the guy's like, nah, women gotta know. I mean, come on. Yeah. I feel like it because I feel like a guy would be like, oh, yeah, I should reach out to her, but puts it on the back burner every yeah, single I'll get to, I'll get to it tomorrow. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I picture his name is Neil. Yeah. His Neil. name's Neil. And, okay. and Neil, if you're listening, <laughs> you owe this girl like at least a, uh, flowers or something or like take a uh, uh, trip to the Bahamas. Does that sound good to you, Sabrina? Trip to the Bahamas? I want to take a trip to Georgia. I looked okay. it up. And I, uh, yeah, I heard Savannah's he, really cool. Savannah's yeah. awesome. If he, if he, if Neil were to reach out to you, <laughs> Would, would you would you like go down there and like hang out and like i don't i just have a hard time thinking neil is from georgia like he could have moved down there. like like bocephus or something. fine how about holden sawyer how about that oh okay now we're working yeah now, now we're getting into a hallmark yeah, that's actually a guy when i lived in georgia that was actually a guy i used to work at the bank and he would always you know come in every every two weeks for his paycheck and i was like holden sawyer 
wow, that's like an action hero. Or that's <laughs> like, I just picture like Huck Finn's his sidekick and Holden Sawyer, you know? So. Holden Sawyer owns a pottery studio. He's dabbling in glass. Yeah. And he needed yeah. that kidney that Sabrina yeah. gave him. Because he lost his in the war. Or he lost his in a bar fight. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 I think I just went over the second option. <laughs> <laughs> well, the second option kind of happens more in Georgia versus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or he just had way too much chicken fillet. I don't know. Um, um, I to meet the guy that's getting my voucher though. Um, that lives by me, and that was kind of cool. Yeah. Did so, did that turn like? Did that help him elevate? Is he is he on like? Is so, everything working out for him now? Or so far, so good. So he has a um, special kind of antibody that's making it a little harder for him to find a match. Okay. But after my surgery, he went active on the living donor list, and my transplant coordinator was estimating about six months to a year that he will get a new kidney, though. Okay, cool. Which right. five or six years, and that was only for a deceased kidney. So has this opened your eyes to that community in terms of uh, being a spokesperson, uh, being a, um, what, did they, uh, what did they say, Greg, I, an ambassador to... Yeah. That's what, what they this say. is. Are, are you one of those people that like you'll walk in and actually talk to the next person that's thinking about doing this? Is, is that something on your horizons or? Yeah. So they asked me to be an advocate is what they call it. A living donor advocate. Um, there's some training I have to go through, which will actually be in October. But then, yeah, anybody that enters, this was through UW Health and Madison and anybody who comes through their program, if they want like a mentor or somebody who's been through it before they'll get me in contact with them very cool um I, i'm just bringing this up now because i don't want to forget it but it, is there any way or that people can get a hold of you or reach you if they have any further questions are you open to that are is that something that you're cool with if, if somebody that's listening now is thinking to themselves you know i was thinking what? of doing that i would do it yeah who do they call yeah um I had a really good experience through UW Health, um, so I would definitely recommend them. I can't obviously speak for any of the other ones. I know Freighter, it's very good as well if they're in the area. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know the best way to contact me if it's through Facebook or an email address or phone number, but I would be happy to talk to anybody. That's why I'm kind of sharing it, though. Mm, like, yeah. I not because I want somebody to wake up one day and be like, oh, I'm going to donate a kidney because I know that's pretty extreme. But in the future, like if it were to come up in their family or their group of friends, I don't want people to be afraid to go get tested and see if they're even able to donate. So really, I mean, and this is more towards like, you know, our, our couple Canadian listeners or if we still have our woman in Ireland, um, if is it pretty much just call any your local hospital and say, Hey, who do I talk to about this? Is that kind yeah. of the process? Uh, yeah. Go through, just find your local transplant center, which is okay. usually bigger hospitals. You might've already touched on this and maybe I've already forgotten. So this is the last question I'm going to ask. What brought you to, to, 
I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm stuck in the idea that you wanted to help everybody. You wanted to help and you wanted to really save a life and you didn't want to adopt or <laughs> like you, you, you said, you know what? I want to give my kidney. Mm. Like when did that epiphany happen? When did that, that's what I'm going to do. So I've always been like volunteering, helping with children's hospital, different charity stuff like that. I volunteer when I can. I single mom. I don't make a ton of money. It's not like I have the funds to donate, but I donate as much as I can. I don't know. It's always been something in me that I wanted to do something big and I wanted to make a big difference in someone's life. So that was the turning point is when I saw that my friend's mom was in need I was just like, that's it. That's what I can do. And they well, say that you actually have to be like, I'm fortunate that I was extremely healthy and all my levels were very good. But they say that you don't have to be like, and you have to be somewhat healthy, but you don't have to be like extremely healthy to donate. So you're wow. saying there's a chance that <laughs> you could probably. Um, you certainly, you certainly did something big and you should be commended for it. And, um, whoever received it, I hope they're treating it well. Um, and, uh, there's nothing more I have to add or say, or anything like that. Greg, are you got anything else? Or no, I mean, we covered out? it all. I just really wanted to, to hit up, you know, hit this story up and, and yes. kind of, kind of, uh, shoot the flare up, you know, get attention for it because this isn't something you hear about every day. And that, you know, every, every show I go through, uh, kind of our, our rules for life. And number three is always don't be a douche, but this thing goes <laughs> beyond that of yeah. just, you know, do good be, you know, it's not just enough to, to sit on the sidelines and watch things happen and say, well, I wasn't part of a problem, but if you're not part of a problem, that doesn't mean you're part of a solution. And Sabrina, what she has done is that she saw an issue and said, I have a solution within me that I can put out in the world and I can make, I can do some good, make a difference. You know, essentially she, at, at the end of your days, whenever that may be, and, and God willing, it's, you know, decades from now, you can sit there and say, I know for a solid fact that I saved one life while I was here. And that is amazing. Mm-hmm. Well said. I don't think there's anything else to say except um, I think we'll end it there. I think that was great. Uh, Sabrina, thank you so much for sharing this. Thank you so much for dealing with a lot of my stupid questions. Um, <laughs> I really, really, truly appreciate it. It was an honor to meet you. Um, and I'm, I'm glad, Greg, and I'm glad you were you know, nice enough to come on board and do this for us. So we really appreciate it. Uh, Greg, anything? Nope, I'm, I'm not even going to go through the rules today because I was, agree. Don't, don't I need think to. I, I think you ended it not well. today. Yeah. So for Sabrina Bush, I had to do that. Sorry. <laughs> and the Greg, this is Johnny. Podcast out, everybody. Take care. Have a great rest of the week. Peace out. <laughs>